Episode 62 of the Two-Way Podcast is brought to you in part by Boomers. No, not the Boomers in Chicago that finally got torn down. I'm here to talk about Boomers Parks, the one-stop shop for complete fun. At Boomers, you can go go go-karting, mini golf, mountain climbing, water bumper cars, and last but certainly not least, arcade games where you can have the chance to win some awesome prizes. Fun can't be beaten anywhere else because at Boomers, you already found it. Why not go to a place that has it all? The whole enchilada. Come on out to Boomers, located in Fountain Valley and Irvine in Southern California. Boomer Parks, it's a blast. Yes, it is us. Welcome back to a new edition of the Two-Way Podcast, trade deadline edition. Mind you, it is February and we are hungry to talk about some trades. As always, my name is Andy and I'm joined by the one, the only, Eddie Fisher. And uh, let's just say we had the time of our lives this weekend in California, spending some good quality time. California! Okay. Whoa. The pitch Just the pitch was there. It could have been it could have been a little higher, but I, I okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop. That just sounds super annoying. Dude, it was it was fun being uh being out there in California, seeing your home, seeing your digs, your your the town of Costa Mesa, the beach. All that was the good. Town. The town of Costa Mesa. No, it was great, man. It was awesome to see you. I was going to say, like, the lack of podcasting has really gotten me down, but the fact that I got to see you and your lovely wife, it's one of those trips to go see a friend where it's so needed. Like, you and I, we probably talk multiple times a week, uh, whether it's texting or we definitely Marco at least once a day. And it's like, you know, we're in each other's lives, but there's nothing that, you know, takes the place of giving you a good old hug and touch of the butt so so we uh, we had the chance to go to staples center see the timberwolves the clippers it was the last pre- one of the last games that timberwolves all played together with robert covington on the team shabazz napier and of course we're gonna linger into some trade talk but that was uh both? that was a rough game for the timberwolves yeah but both those guys actually had good games it was just like yeah, there's a very clear difference in quality. <laughs> on a, on it's a, like, okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, my Staples Center experience was maybe like a 6.5. I thought it was going to be like high up there, like 8, 9, 10. It's, it's an okay arena. I wasn't like blown away by it. I think the coolest thing about it was the uh, the, the strobe light type stuff. Like the lights are just like, like legit there. I feel It, it does were, feel like showtime. Yeah. You were shitting all over there, like, pregame stuff. I thought it was pretty good. And I actually thought their announcing game was pretty solid. Like, their in-game stuff, their energy was pretty solid. I, the cheeseburger, not bad for a cheap burger, you know. So, um, overall, it's about as good as you can expect from an arena experience. 
you know, you go to the United Center, you're not impressed. Sorry, it's, right, it's not great. It's pretty, it's pretty whatever. Um, it didn't seem like super crazy because it was a Clippers game and versus the Timberwolves, so that was nice. But it actually like the inside's pretty nice. Like the stadium looks nice. Um, it was clean. But I would agree with you. Probably, I had a probably about a seven and a half, closer to an eight, which was like I like this. I could go yeah. back to the stadium. But I agree, it's not like amazing. You didn't love it. And of course, to be in the arena uh, a week and a half, you know, after, or actually not even a week and a half, just a week after Kobe Bryant passed away in the helicopter crash, and uh, to be around LA and everyone wearing Kobe gear was pretty surreal. Um, and uh, we'll we'll do our Kobe pod with Marcus Payne uh, probably next week. So stay tuned on the Kobe talk. Um, but anyways, let's get into the meat of this week, which today is the trade deadline. A lot went down. A lot went down before the three Eastern trade deadline. The big one, of course, that we want to start with is, of course, the Minnesota Timberwolves and Golden State Warriors blockbuster trade. My Timberwolves finally getting D'Angelo Russell only been rumored for like the last eight months, seven months, but finally came true. Before I get to you, Eddie, and your takes, let me just break down what it was. The Timberwolves received D'Angelo Russell, Omari Spellman, and Jacob Evans, and the Warriors receive the good old Andrew Wiggins, Maple Jordan himself, the 2021 first-round pick, top three protected, which is huge for the Timberwolves, and a 2021 second-round pick also going to Golden State. So I guess, you know, initial reaction here is that you trade max contract for max contract. You can debate these players all you want as far as from a skill skill set, skill level. Warriors get a little bit more draft assets in the deal. Timberwolves, maybe, you know, Omari Spellman had some good showings in Golden State. Uh, Jacob Evans didn't get a ton of time. But the main piece here is D'Angelo Russell pairing with his boy, Carl Anthony Towns. What grades do you give? How do you feel about this for both teams? Where do you stand with this, man? Yeah, and this is what's interesting is I've been listening to a, as much chatter as I can about the trade deadline, which there hasn't been much because it was just a few hours ago. Um, it's surprising how many people are down on this for the Wolves. Uh, Zach Lowe is super mad about it. Yeah. Um, and I cannot disagree enough. The biggest thing for me when you think about small markets, and we talked about this in our text chains, uh, this, when small markets like mining and Pacers, who I'm a fan of, like <laughs> I'm trying to like get into the mindset of a small market, right? The biggest things they have to do to acquire good players is trade for them or draft them. And I'm sorry, but Minnesota's luck at drafting players not great. And so far, I'm sorry, Gerson Rosas hasn't proved that he wants to do that and didn't grow up in a organization where they cared about drafting. It's all about trades, getting the players that they need and building teams that way. I'm behind that strategy. Totally fine that you just have to know how to do it properly. And to be fair, so far, I'm actually pretty, I'm pretty on board with what Gerson Rosas has done. D'Lo is a massive upgrade over Wiggins, and it cannot be overstated. Wiggins has done absolutely nothing. He's one of the worst shooters in the league. Giving up a a top three protected first and a second rounder, yeah, maybe it's like a what if if if, if, if next year's draft's awesome, right? And you give up the fifth pick, 
and you give up your second rounder, who, and let's say there's it's deep, so you you miss out on two solid players, right? You just you just traded for five solid players, like five players, three of which or four of which were all first round picks. Malik Beasley, who we're, we'll get to later, first round pick, uh, or it was late second round pick. But Omari Spellman was a first round pick. So was Juancho Hernan Gomez, and D'Lo is the second overall pick five years ago who was an all-star last year. I cannot stress this enough. I think this is a massive win to get off Wiggins' contract. I don't trust him to be anything more than just a fine role player. We'll see what he does in Golden State, where he doesn't have any expectations on him except for just not suck. Um, I Honestly, if I had to give this trade a grade for the Wolves, especially adding in Omari Spellman, who at least can give you minutes and you can see what he's like, and Jacob Evans, who is a mature basketball player, Better than people are speaking. He's, he's a throw in here. He's actually better than people make him out to be. And at least, and the Wolves just get a chance to look at these guys, which is important for small market teams because this is the third point that I love. And the reason why I'm going to give this trade for the Wolves a A minus is when you get a chance to just look at young players and throw them into a different system and give them a chance, which none of these guys have had, like Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Jacob Evans and Omar Spellman, they haven't really had a chance. You're giving them time to develop, and they're older than they were. They're like two or three years into their career. I'm looking at this trade from a, this this trade holistically and saying, you got off of the worst contract on your books. You got a player that's going to make Cat happy. So that alone gives you a B in my book. You only have to give them one first, only one, and it's not even unprotected. That is insane value insane and you get young players back huge win for the wolves for the, the golden state warriors i get what you're doing fine you get a chance to see what a number one overall pick could be you get another draft asset to trade down the road so be be for that trade but i love this trade this trade's awesome well minnesota minnesota really had to do this trade i mean the, the andrew wiggins experiment went on way too long it wasn't going anywhere with carl anthony towns they had enough years together wiggins I mean, this has been a prayer request of mine for the last two years. Just for, for the love of God, please have this guy off this team. And you know what? He he has always struggled with um, motivation or like, I don't know, like He's having... He's a leader. He's the number one overall pick. It's it's insane. When, after that, with that Bulls game a few weeks ago and, and Ryan Saunders you know, just went in on him at halftime and just chewed him out. And then he had an incredible second half. And then after the game, reporters were like, Wiggs, like, what happened? You know, like, you were nothing in the first half. You came alive in the second. He's like, oh, coach coach yelled at me at halftime, and, and it got me going. It's like, that's your motivation to play harder? Like, you're a professional basketball player on a max contract. It's insane. But here's my thing. Timberwolves do justice because you, you hit it on the head. They want to keep Cat happy. Cat is... Um, the the focal point of this franchise. You pair him with his buddy Russell. When D'Angelo Russell's on the floor, you sense his presence. He is on the floor. Andrew Wiggins, not yeah. the case. Shows himself, yeah. Um, and so you know Minnesota can finally start over. And this kind of feels yep. like a, a kind of like a breath of fresh air. Like this is a kind of a new. This is a Rosas move, right? This is his big first yeah. domino as as uh, president of basketball operations. The the culture is trying to change here in Minnesota, and so um, you know it 
it's great. And when I saw Spellman and Evans a part of the deal, I'm like, even more of a bonus. You know, it's like yeah. you lose you lose Noah Vonley and, and, and Jordan Bell and some younger yeah, can guys. We, can we pair these two trades? Not to cut you off, but can we can we talk about the next trade as well we were gonna talk about, yeah. which is the Tuesday. Well, well you did cut me off, but you know, it's okay. I uh, But anyways, my grade but my grade for the Timberwolves is an A minus. My grade for the Warriors is a probably a B because I'm not trashing on the Warriors here because I think they don't have to rely on Wiggins being the number one or two guy like they did in Minnesota. Once Curry and Clay comes back, they get more healthy. They could rely on him as like a third or fourth option. And who knows? I mean, defensively, he's not great, but we'll see what happens in Golden State. Like you said, I see where Golden State's going with it, but I think rumor has it that Golden State was so ready to get rid of D'Angelo Russell that they gave up on him. So they're kind of laughing at Minnesota for taking this trade. Minnesota's kind of laughing at Golden State that they're taking Andrew Wiggins. So it's kind of like this weird like back and forth, like these two teams secretly <laughs> are laughing at each other. But yeah, like you said, let's get to Tuesday's trade. Big three-team trade. What's yeah, can I, I, cause I, uh, sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off. What I wanted to do is I wanted to get your perspective on how you see the combination of these two trades for your Wolves yeah. because uh, well, the Tuesday, to kind of clarify, the Tuesday trade, if you want to go ahead and list off the details for that. Malik Beasley, Juanjo Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt, Evan Turner, and Atlanta's 2020 first-round pick via Brooklyn – Goes to Minnesota. The Hawks receive Clint Capella and Nene, which they waived. Uh, the Rockets receive Covington, Jordan Bell, then traded to Memphis. Uh, and the Nuggets receive Shabazz Napier, Keta Bates, Diop, Noah Vonley, and uh, Gerald Green, who's currently injured. So um, this well, actually... Hold up, hold up. So there was actually a first-round pick from the Rockets to the Nuggets as well. I mean, lots of details here and kind of wild... What, Give me your perspective because there's a lot to parse there for the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Mixing yeah. this, knowing and knowing the end end of the story here, I guess, of the trade deadline. What is your grade for Gerson Rosas, and how are you feeling about your Wolves right now? It's hard. I feel better about the Wolves now than I did three days ago. You know, like before they even made a move. Malik Beasley was just he was. He he had no opportunity in Denver. He was just in this system that was incredibly deep of talent, and he only got 15 minutes a night. Like, that's just not enough. They played him a lot in the last few weeks to kind of up his trade value, but I think if he's given 30 minutes a night, this guy has a lot to prove. Um, It's kind of like what people thought uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope could have been, but he never really developed that way. I really like Malik Beasley here. I think he can also be an underrated defender than people kind of give him credit for. Like he's really just known for an athletic player, can shoot the, can shoot the lights out of the ball. But I think he could really step it up defensively. And, and Hernan Gomez, man, like when given minutes last season, he was fantastic. Like he was mm. a, a, a productive player in a productive system. I don't know what it's going to look like in Minnesota. They run a much different system from. Uh, Malone's in, in, in Denver, but I mean, and you get, you get draft uh, compensation, right? You get that uh, first round pick yep. in 2020. Um, you know, 
to me, when it happened, it felt like kind of a chess move for Minnesota because I thought this was a precursor to D'Angelo Russell, which ends up this was a kind of a separate trade because uh, the Timberwolves didn't have to give up any draft picks for Russell from this uh, mm. Tuesday trade. Um, yeah. And so it was it was kind of a but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about Atlanta. I, I, I can, I'm concerned about Clint Capella and his health. Um, I don't know how healthy he can be. And I also don't know what he's like in a different system. Um, yep. And, you know, the Rockets, Covington, you lose size, right? Like, yeah, you get a better defender in Covington. But I, I, it's like a lot of these teams, like I, I, I'm kind of kind of scratching my head here. Um, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think it makes on this is you see all these pieces right, and it, you think it's a, a a big trade. It's just a big trade from like substance. It's not necessarily a big trade from value, right? I think going back to your wolves, I think you got three young pieces in Bisley, Wancho Hernan Gomez, and then Jared Vanderbilt, who's you seem like a throw in, but he's actually could be valuable. They're all three young players under the age of twenty five all able to develop and have a role in this team because guess what this whole team sucks except for cat and d'lo so you're giving everybody a chance to play every one of these guys is going to get 30 minutes at one time and malik beasley is a restricted free agent this summer you can see how he plays with russell and towns this this the rest of this year to kind of determine whether you want to have him as a long-term fit i personally think they're going to prioritize beasley this summer but it's like you have a you're getting a lot of young talent back just to kind of see are these pieces are they going to work right like clearly the oh. Vonley the Bell the the Napier didn't really quite work right so no and think about it this way before this trade deadline they really didn't have a point guard on their on their roster besides Shabazz and he wasn't that great he was fine he'd be fine if he was your ninth man you're not happy with him as your starting point guard. You now have a starting point guard, a good combo guard, and Malik Beasley who can basically play point guard for you if you need it. You have Jacob Evans, who is also a point guard, but can also play combo guard. And now you're in a spot where you have three guards who can play point guard, but they can also rotate between positions. You have way more flexibility next to cap because you're not playing these massive, shitty-ass power forwards. You don't have Gorgie Jang behind him. Your minutes for Gorgie Jang are going to go to guys like Juancho Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt, Nas Reed, guys who are young, who just need minutes and need to suck. And the thing is, that's awesome. That's exactly where the Wolves are at. They're a rebuilding franchise that need to build smart around those two cornerstones. You have two of your starting spots locked down for the next three years. Build on it. And this That's was, where you're at. I really felt like Rosas orchestrated this beautifully because let's think back to last summer. Noah Vonley signed him for a really cheap deal. Same with uh, Jordan Bell, another cheap deal. These are very tradable contracts. They saw that these guys, if they overperformed with the team, great, we'll keep them. They're on a great contract. Did they overperform? No, they weren't relevant at all. (laughs) So let's why not throw them in in part of a trade? They're trade fodder for sure. That was was well planned out. Yeah, and you love to see it too. And then picking up the extra asset for Atlanta's pick – you have two first-round picks essentially this year because the Brooklyn picks top 14 protected. I think you're going to get that. Uh, the biggest thing for me is like you have two first-round picks now. 
are you going to – I mean, I feel like they're going to end up drafting somebody in this draft, but maybe do you trade those assets to go get somebody else? You know what I mean? Do you go and get guys that you can add next to Cat? I don't know, but I my thing is, is I feel like this team – the one that Gerson Rosas has got now makes more sense than the team before. Nobody on that team made sense. We watched them literally a week ago. It didn't make sense that half these guys are in the NBA playing on this team. And yet they are. Now they're not. You have a roster you can watch and, and talent observe, see how they fit uh, the coach's system, and, and we'll see where, where it goes. I, I do want to pivot here to talk about the, the other three teams, though, like you were saying. For the Hawks, it makes sense why they would go and get a guy to play center next to John Collins and Trey Young. They just need pieces. Why Clint Pella? When we are going to talk about the Andre Drummond trade, who is a absolutely much better player than Clint Capella, you can evaluate it, and you basically get him for next to nothing. What are you doing? Well, How are you not going to get that guy? Well, you knew Atlanta was in for a big, whether it was Steven Adams or Andre Drummond. Um, they settled for Clint Capella. There, I don't, I don't understand the huge like we need to upgrade big time at the center position. Like, I think they were terrible. Though. I think John Collins. I mean, yeah, they are. They don't really have any sort of like legit centers. I mean, maybe Fernando or whatever his name is. But I just think um, Collins. I'm just curious to see what this Collins Capella front court looks like. I'm I really couldn't give you a solid prediction. I mean, I guess they're seeing John Collins as more of a stretch forward. I mean, yeah, he, which he kind of is. He can step out, hit the three. He could drive a bit more. I think they're looking for someone to kind of protect the rim. But I don't know. I'm I'm I think this kind of hurts Collins' uh, fantasy fantasy uh, from a fantasy perspective. But. Yeah, I would agree with that. The biggest thing is obviously Trey Young is super frustrated with where the team is at, which is kind of stupid. It's like, dude, you're the cornerstone of an absolute dumpster fire of a franchise right now. But that you know, I've built a team that are young, that's going to develop, that's good. There's certainly worse scenarios in the NBA. The only thing that they couldn't do was defend, and they go and actually get two decent rim protectors in Clint Capella and and. I can't believe this guy ended up back in Atlanta because he's he can shoot the three and block shots as great block percentages and steal percentages. And Dwayne Dedman, those are two great centers. You massively upgrade that position because the other centers you had couldn't play defense for the life of them. And yet it doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you going for a guy like Clint Capella when you could test out value with Andre Drummond? Imagine Andre Drummond with a real point guard. He's been playing with Reggie Jackson for five years now. Are you kidding me? Well, speak, just, I, I, speaking of Andre Drummond, he big trade happening, really weird <laughs> trade, very weird trade. <laughs> Detroit Pistons trading within their division, their number one player, Andre Drummond. Pistons received Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a 2023 second round pick, and the Cavs receive Andre Drummond. Wow, the Cavs gave up so much for this guy. I'm I'm rather you know. <laughs> appalled also what is what is the I, I don't know like I don't know who's who who wants the F more Detroit or Cleveland because Cleveland you're in cap hell right now I don't know what they're doing and yeah. Detroit like 
really? That was your best offer for Drummond? Like, what? I know. And the, the biggest thing that I noticed, I listened to the Zach Lowe podcast. I don't. I, I, I disagree with him and how he feels about it because he said that Detroit did, did the smart thing in getting off the contract. They just needed to move on um, and get anything. The stupid part is they probably asked for so much throughout the process. Like, you got absolutely nothing. You basically just got off. You got off a year, a possible year of Andre Drummond at $27 million next year, $28 million. Um, and you – yeah, you're going to have some extra room to take on contracts next year. And they really do need a reset. This is – this is arguably the most depressing situation in the NBA right now. There's there's no doubt about it. Blake Griffin's injured. Basically, we don't know if this guy can play in the NBA anymore, but he's got three more years of max contract on him. Um, and they have essentially no young pieces by except for Sekou and maybe Luke Kennard. Um, Derek Rose is a bright spot. It's depressing, man. And like... For them to get off Andre Drummond an all-star last year for next to nothing is depressing. And that was your franchise player. So now you you have nothing. Uh, Inversely, I get where the Cavs are trying to go and get good players. You didn't trade any of your big men. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Tristan Thompson wasn't. Hey, hey, guess what? Portland, we'll give you an extra pick or so down the road. Take Kevin Love. Get this him off our book. This could have been Tristan a three. Thompson. This could have been a three-team trade somehow. Like you could have they sent Tristan Thompson and gotten multiple second-round picks back. What are you doing? Yeah. Clearly, they have so many bigs. They have Larry Nance on a three-year contract that this GM group gave to him. Why are like? How are these guys still a front office? No way in hell can you can you match Tristan Thompson and Andre Drummond. Like, they're not – one of those guys are not going to be happy. Clearly, it's not going to be Thompson. He's not going to see the minutes he was getting. Kevin Love – like, what is going on in Cleveland? Like, you got – maybe – They're going to have to buy out Tristan Thompson. They're going to have to. And Detroit I, should – I mean, I – Detroit should buy out Reggie Jackson. I don't understand why he's on that roster either. I don't know. I, there's, there's so much to hate about – I mean, don't get me wrong. I like that the Cavs made the right decision in trying to go get value for nothing. Getting Andre Drummond to test him out, try and convince him to stay in that organization, not a bad thing. Yeah, he's like a big five is not where the NBA is going, but you're the Cavs. You need to get players that want to stay there. And you have a young team. You can build around this big guy. Like, that's not terrible. I like the move. I just I hate everything else about planning for this. Tristan Thompson could have been had for a lightly protected um, or uh, heavily protected first-round pick. Awesome. And then at least you get second-rounders, right? Somebody would have given up a first-rounder for Tristan Thompson. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't go out and trade him doesn't make sense. No. Not getting off Kevin Love's contract is indefensible. He is a terror in that locker room. And you can't you can't waive him at all. There's no way to waive him. He's on a max contract. What are you doing? Like it's dumbfounding. Let's move away. Let's move away from this dumpster fire and uh, and talk about something yeah. that's a little bit more uplifting. Because guess what? Andre Iguodala is back in the NBA. He's gonna actually play basketball games. It's a thing. 
Um, we haven't seen this guy on the floor in quite some time. Uh, a big Iggy trade that went down kind of last night, but kind of got more rounded out today in a three-team deal. Minnesota jumped in after D'Lo. So let's talk about it. The Grizzlies received Dion Waiters, hashtag Waiters Island, hashtag my wedding of 2017. Justice Winslow and Gorgie Jang. Heat receive Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill, and the Timberwolves receive James Johnson. So I think my initial grade here is, you know, Grizzlies, not maybe a grade, but like where I'm thinking of where these teams are going. Grizzlies are clearly going for the playoffs, right? You're adding some veteran guys. Uh, Gorgie Jang's been around the block. He's a pretty good serviceable backup to behind Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson. Yep. Uh, Winslow, you know, he's played some playoff games. Uh, obviously, he's working back from some injuries. Deion Waiters could be a good shooter off the bench for them. And I clearly get it for Miami. Like, they're looking to win the East. They're looking to compete. They're looking to get back yep. to the finals, upset Milwaukee, add a guy like Andre Iguodala who has incredible – Finals experience with Golden State, Jay Crowder, playoff experience as well. Um, and then the Timberwolves, I mean, you're lacking a lot of defensive bigs, and James Johnson serves as a nice defensive piece. Who knows really how much playing time he's going to get up in Minnesota. I kind of like Hernan Gomez more as far as minutes, but um, I would say Minnesota, like a C plus, Miami, A minus, Grizzlies. I don't know, B plus, A minus around there. Um, I don't know. How do you give that high of a grade to the Grizzlies? Uh, maybe, maybe a B. I, I, I just like the, I like the, the, the type of players that they added. Just tough, tough minded players. Um, that's who, who can, you know, if they, if they can, they're definitely in this playoff run. They're going to be in the thick of it through February and March and in April. So, I don't know. I, I don't think it hurts them. I mean, I, Andre Iguodala wasn't really helping their team. Dylan Brooks. No, made, I, I don't really get that. I, <laughs> I I hate that trade for the Grizzlies. I I can't. The biggest thing is is like you, you get the core piece is Justice Winslow, and that's why that's why you're willing to give up two of your solid like players. Andre Iguodala didn't play for them, but. Solomon Hills had a, at least a decent year shooting three. And Jay Crowder's been solid for them. Like, you're adding Gorgie Jang so much money for this year and next year. You're adding – who else did they add? They had Dion, Dion Waiters, who has so much money this year and next year as well. And you're only getting Justice Winslow, who's missed 136 games in his five years in the NBA. And you're giving up all those other players – but you didn't add anybody on the floor that's actually helpful. And the biggest loss of it all is you just lost your massive amount of cap space that you had available going into the summer to either take on contracts like the Knicks did, who they didn't do a good job of it, but could have picked up players and then trade them at the next deadline or taken back people's bad contracts for pieces because you know people are going to trade to try and get off money so they can buy players Mm -hmm. or get into trade conversations. And you got rid of the second most amount of space going into this summer. What are you doing? It baffles the mind that they did this. Like, I like Justice Winslow. Good piece. Also doesn't make sense for their team. It doesn't make sense. No. He's a friendly contract, 
but his playing style and what he does as a player doesn't match up with what they need. They already have a ball handling point guard and they have multiple bigs slash wing type players. Now, Justice Winslow, huge upgrade over Kyle Anderson, way better player like this for them in terms of dollar value, but picking up the other two players is just fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to rant that long about the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I mean, this is a massive, this is an A++ for the the Miami Heat. They keep the, all their cap room for Giannis the next summer. They get two key players that can both play in an NBA Finals Game 7. Um, they get off two of their worst contracts on their team. Like, fuck. They could, have like, gotten, they, just, they could have gotten Gallinari, too. That was rumored and couldn't pull the trigger fully on that but that well, would have been the insane thing is, i want to know more about that conversation because i was watching that this morning i was like if they get gallinari great they're probably winning the east because that team is super well-rounded i like this team still man i think this team has a legit shot at going to the finals the pieces they added are so important there's two yeah the bucks and the heat stand alone as far as like both offensive and defensive, well-rounded. Philly, Boston, still kind of right Dude, that, there, but not – I don't know. I, I just feel like there's definitely some things lacking on, on, the, on those teams. They, they held – they stood pat. I mean, Philly added some shooters, Glenn, uh, Glenn Robinson the third, and, and Alec Burks, but I don't think that's really going to get them over the hump. Um, but – no. Let's talk about our last trade here. Marcus Morris uh, going to the LA Clips. Clippers just continue to get deeper and deeper. Like if if their depth wasn't strong enough, it's just I feel like uh, a bodybuilder can lift an entire building in front of him, like over his head, and that's the Clippers right now. Like pretty deep, pretty strong. Uh, they received Marcus Morris, Isaiah Thomas, who they later waived. Uh, Knicks received Mo Harkless, a 2020 first-round pick, and then the Wizards, Jerome Robinson. What uh, what 2020 first-round pick did the Knicks receive? Was it the Clippers? They received the Clippers. Okay. Yeah. So I obviously an A for the Clips. Like Marcus Morris, I mean, the, I think he's going to be starting over uh, Harrell. I think Trez will continue to do his bench role. I think Marcus they Morris. Bench. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, and Morris too. Like, man, he's a perfect fit for them. It's just another stretch forward that can play great defense, score. Like, dude, Lakers are fucking screwed, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the Lakers here. Lakers not making a move. Also, have like relies a lot on their starters. Mainly rely on LeBron and AD. Um, I don't know. This is the the only reason why the Lakers did. This is the first time in Rob Palenka's career where, uh, as a GM, where he didn't trade anybody um, at a deadline. It's baffling. Uh, the bigger thing for me is the Clippers now have so many mismatches against the the Lakers, and the only and the thing is is the two mismatches you have as the Lakers is LeBron James, right, mm-hmm. and AD. Nobody can match up to AD in the Western Conference, so you're great there. You're fine. Maybe Rudy Gobert, but you're, you're fine. Yeah. LeBron James has three guys that they can throw at him and three of the best guys in the NBA, and they'll just take 10 minutes off of him. They'll be like, Kawhi, 
you take this 10 minutes. Paul George, you take this 10 minutes. Marquis, uh, Marcus Morris, you take these 15 minutes. And guess what? We're good for a game seven. Yeah. You are good. And then the biggest cra- the biggest thing about this is when I sent you this text of their roster, they, yeah, they got rid of IT. They have Pat Bev, Lou Williams, Avika Zubac, who is very good as a center. You have all of that talent, and you still have Montrez Harrell. Well, like, I mean, again, Lou what? Williams and Trez are not even starting. They're coming off the bench. You throw in those guys, Shamit too, Shamit, another good quality player. And you can keep Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, one of those guys, on the floor. Like, you're literally throwing in one starting five for another starting five. Like, and we saw that in that Timberwolves game on Saturday. Like, game was relatively close. Timberwolves down seven. Timberwolves brought in their bench because they had to sit Cat. They had to sit Covington. What did the Warrior? Uh, what did the Clippers bring out? Trez, Lou, and let's just throw in Paul George too, and go up by 15, 20 points. Like. Dude. Yeah. But no, the thing is, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George rotate so many nights of playing one or the other. Because yeah. they don't need to play anybody else. They'll still be a top five team in the West mm-hmm. with one of them. Mm-hmm. They're the best team in the NBA, and it's not close. And the, the scary thing is, is the team that probably should have made a move in the Bucks because the Bucks were by far the best team in the NBA going into that deadline, in my mind, from just a balanced standpoint. All they needed was probably one more piece, one more shooter, one more big man. I was like, this would be a good team to go get Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings. Go trade that Indiana first rounder, maybe another pick or and another young player. Go get a guy that matters and can score and run the ball with Giannis. Yeah. They didn't do anything. And it's like the Clippers are so balanced. We just watched them cakewalk like they didn't even go into third gear. They were in second gear that entire game. The Clippers are like, you know, you're you open up, you know, some. Trying, let me think about this. You're just snacking on really good carrots, right? Carrots are just crisp, delicious, hitting the spot. That you <laughs> carrots put some. <laughs> you, you find some ranch dressing somewhere. Oh, it's Marcus Morris. You dip the carrots in that ranch dressing. Boom. That was a really bad. Uh, oh well. I just want to you trust kids. <laughs> no, you're not wrong though. It's like it's like having the perfect dish. Like you, you you look at a meal that somebody's prepared when you go over to their house, and it's like, oh man, this appetizer is amazing. Like the snacks, the the drinks you've laid out, it's amazing. The dinner is going to be awesome. And then you find out they're bringing out like potatoes au gratin, the cheesy potato oh, slices. No. Here's a good one. Oh, okay, it's like it's like when we went to Major Domo, right? And we got the appetizer, the like the pita bread, and we're like, okay, what what are we getting ourselves into here? We got the honey butter, we got the spicy lamb. Amazing. We just take that knife, spread it all over that pita bread, and then that first bite was like, oh my gosh, this is like Marcus Morris hitting the game winning shot for them, like. Boom. Like, incredible. Uh, and then the cauliflower, the fried cauliflower. I'm Maybe I'm just getting myself hungry here because, uh, man. I'm hungry. <laughs> that meal is so good. For all those listeners out there, we went to uh, a restaurant that I've been longing to go to, go to for many, many, not even months, but years actually now because um, we heard about it on the Bill Simmons podcast from Dave Chang. It's Dave Chang's restaurant in L.A., Major Domo. If you're out in L.A. or if you ever visit, definitely check it out. It's worth the money. Um, you can go with 
a group of people and you can enjoy a collective meal and it's not too bad. Um, Make but sure, it was just flat out amazing. Make sure you have a like five hundred dollars lying around, like a spare five hundred dollar bill somewhere. Casual, it's casual. Uh, <laughs> it's just like it was unreal. And you're right, that's a great example. There's you start off with this amazing pita, and it's like, oh wow, we have Blue Williams and Montrose Harrell. This is a good team. We can maybe <laughs> add a couple pieces. And then you're like, oh wait, there's honey butter. And all this other meat stuff, this like jalapeno meat thing that we could throw on top of this amazing non bread. Oh, awesome. Let's throw in Kawhi Leonard there. But Kawhi Leonard brings along <laughs> his buddy, Paul George, which is also like this whole meat dish, drink dish thing we're having. And then we have these wraps. And it's like, oh, let's just add in Markeith Morris. There you go. Boom. And it's like, now I'm really hungry. Or, or no, no, this is the perfect example. Sidecar donuts, you bring it home. The first bite, nah, it could probably get heated up for 10 seconds. You heat it up, it melts in your mouth. That's Marcus Morris coming to the Clippers. Boom, yeah, roasted. It's, no. it's, there's, there's so <laughs> many good food analogies. It's, it's, it's basically any scenario where you already have an amazing thing going on, and it's like, oh, you know what would be great? If we just, like, made it 100%. What's like, your, 110%. What's your D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns food comparison? Okay, this is gonna take a second. So give me a second. Is it is it P- it's like, is it PB and J? Is it chocolate peanut no. butter? Is nope. it? Hmm. It's got it. Here's the thing: because Carl Anthony Towns is a one of a kind piece, and D'Angelo Russell is something that could pair really well with it. It's you know what be you know it's a good comparison. It's like having a really nice steak, mm. and then you have some great potatoes next to it. Mm. And then just some soggy ass Brussels sprouts or asparagus, and then just throw the whole dish off, and that's that. But then there's like a whole bunch of little things on the side that kind of make the steak and the potatoes look good. And that it would the before roster was like, oh, we didn't have any of the potatoes, and then the restaurant was like, oh, we're sorry, we didn't mean to undercook all your food. Here's some potatoes, and that's the Angela Russell. Okay, kind of get that. Okay, I just feel like there's it's got to be something like. Where you have two really good things, and then the middle thing just kind of sucks. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, just like what we'll see with all these trades, how the second half of the season plays out for these franchises. Some questionable moves, some great moves. It was an all-around good day. It was a good day of texting, a good day of marcoing, a good day of a good a, a fantastic day for Twitter. Um, man, 2020 NBA trade deadline in the books. That just about does it for this episode of The Two-Way. We are going to be back uh, soon, rather soon. Uh, Marcus Payne's going to hop on the pod, and uh, he's our number one Kobe guy. We're going to do a Kobe Bryant podcast. I know it's uh, not immediate after uh, what happened uh, a few weeks ago, Um, but nevertheless, we want to give our our time and our thoughts uh, to reflect on Kobe and what he has meant to the game itself, basketball, the NBA, um, and this world, really. So um, we're going to do a Kobe pod uh, coming up uh, in the next week or so, so stay tuned. If you dig what you are listening to, we are on Apple Podcasts. Please find us, the two-way podcast. That's the number two dash way. We are also on Instagram and Twitter. Go check us out on social media. We like to retweet Woj a lot because Woj is cool to say, and he has some incredible bombs that he drops on Twitter. So 
go Ledge, nuke my freaking house and let me die inside of it. Yes. What Eddie said. <laughs> so go uh, check us out on social media. We'll be back. Edmund Fish, D'Angelo Russell is a Minnesota Timberwolf, and Andrew Wiggins is not a wolf. I am so relieved. <laughs> if you're going to go one way. Pick and roll that way. Oh, is this new? Pick and roll that way? Yeah, because you got D-Lo and Cat. Pick and roll, baby. If you're going to go one way, you might as well pick and roll the two-way. Right? Beep-beep. That works. See you later. <laughs>